What's up, guys? Welcome to episode six of Resurgence, my my season of Resurgence that is never ending. I don't even know why I keep track of episodes because there really is no chronological way to go about this. But what's up, guys? Welcome back. Are you guys ready to jump into juicy content? Because let me tell you, this content is juicy. It's like like biting into a watermelon you know have you ever bitten into just a really juicy watermelon and it like squirts out the side of your mouth and then like gets on the person next to you and they're like dude what the heck why'd you do that and then you're like sorry dude just just bit into this really this really juicy content yeah that's what that's what today's going to be like juicy content it's like a, it's like a watermelon all right <laughs> let's get let's get on track here today i'm going to be talking about Drum roll, p- please. This is intense. This is juicy. This is this is it, guys. What the Bible says about our illegal immigration problem. <gasps> Whoa. Do you feel it? Do you feel the suspense? I don't. <laughs> All right, let's 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 do this thing. So I've been wanting to talk about this for a while now. It's been a month and a hot minute since I've made my last podcast episode. And for a month, I've been thinking about doing this. And I just haven't because I've been lazy and I didn't want to research it. In fact, I can't even say that I've researched it now. (laughs) All I have is just this one really good article about what the Bible says about our illegal immigration problem. In fact, that's the name of the article. And it's legit because it's by capitalministries.org. And from what I can see, it looks like it's written by people who that are actually possibly on Congress in in the Senate because it's endorsed by a man named Ken Yonker, Michigan Representative District 72. And then right here on the sidebar that I'm looking at, this shows all the congressional sponsors. And there is many of them. I'm pretty sure there's more sponsors on here than, than we do have states. And I do see a Minnesota one. John Klein, no idea who he is. <laughs> uh, he's in the house, was in the house, at least in on April 4th, 2016, which is when this was published, this PDF here that I'm looking at. And it really dives into what the Bible says about illegal immigration. And I found it to be very interesting. And I find it to be very true because it uses Bible verses and it makes sense. It seems logical. And I think that this is a good educational piece for for everybody, both for Christians and non-Christians alike, because believe it or not, politics and religion are hand in hand. And a lot of what our laws are now and a lot of our, our policies or traditions as a, as a nation and as a government reflect the founding fathers and they reflect the Bible because they were all very religious and they all look to the Bible for help. So let's dive right into this thing. Let's, let's see what we got here. So I read this whole article and I'm going to use this as my template because I'm once again, too lazy to make my own outline or anything like that. So I'm just going to go through this and when I'm quoting something, I'll obviously tell you what I'm quoting. So not to plagiarize or steal content, but it's it's a it's a it's heavy <laughs> it's heavy content and i'm going to try to get through as much of it as i can so it starts out with 
Well, it, it's in like these Roman numeral things. So Roman numeral two, the first one's an introduction. The second one is God's design independent nations. And it opens up with the Tower of Babel. Uh, for those who are unfamiliar with the to- Tower of Babel, I'll let you know what it was about. So in Genesis 11, yes, it was Genesis 11. Whether it's a true story or not, there's been there's been arguments that it's not a true story, that it's really more symbolic than anything. I, uh, I think it's true. I think that this really happened. Whether it did or not, it doesn't take away the message of it at all. What happens in the story is we were one nation at one point in time in the way, 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 way beginning of time. And we were sinners. This was right before Noah. And we tried building this tower to reach like God's level, to, to reach God, which is absolutely foolish if you, if you ask me. Um, but maybe at the time I would have thought it was a, a great idea. But today, I do not think it is a good idea because I saw the consequence of it. I got to read about it instead of actually being a part of it. And what happens was, was they were disobeying God because God's command is to glorify him. That's our purpose on earth. And they weren't glorifying him. They were trying to combine their sinful power and overcome him, become more than what God is. And... God found this displeasing. So he, he, he tore it all down. I mean, I don't know if he actually tore down the tower, but he, he went down to the people and he confused them. They all spoke one language. We all spoke the same language at one point. I don't know what that language was, but he, he created a bunch of different languages so they could no longer work together and they were forced to scatter across, across the earth. And they had to create nations, which is what we have now today. Whoa, so cool. Isn't that crazy how that works? I mean, it sucks that it had happened this way, but it happened. So it became God's purpose for us because he split us up in independent nations. That's how we now are designed. And that's how it is. No open borders. There's boundaries. There's governments. There's nations. That's all basic information that we have. So breaking, breaking us off into different nations was God's way of counteracting man's fallen nature. I just quoted that. And it comes from really like the, the axiom, I'm quoting again, the power, power corrupts and absolute power corrupt absolutely. Many of you might have heard of that. Uh, our founding fathers actually used that to separate powers within our government. That's why we have checks and balances because you look at other governments and if they don't have an executive and a legislative or a judicial branch, they tend to be a little bit more corrupt because they don't have the check and balance system. It's just one, one person or one group of people with no accountability running a nation. And because of their sinful nature, they're going to run it poorly. And that's what the world was before we created nations. There was no checks and balances. It was a bunch of sinful men who loved themselves more than they loved God, and they got together, and they tried to overcome him. They tried to create the first empire without God. So God had to do something about it, and he, he split them up across across the world. So that is the where, like, the origin, it's like the origin story of nations. 
and independent nations. That's the key, that's the key word there, independent nations. So then it jumps into the coming of the Antichrist and how that is against God's multiple independent nation system. When the Antichrist comes in Revelation, it talks about how he will make war with the saints and he'll overcome them and all authority over every tribe and people and tongue and nation will be given to him. It's Revelation thirteen seven. if you want to look it up. And it's a one nation world. And God allows it to happen, but it's the, it's the destruction of the world is what it is. It, at the beginning, we had it, and it was destructive, so God fixed it temporarily, n- knowing in advance that he's going to come back and he's going to restore the world. And the independent nations is the best option for our time right now. And what started the world is, is going to end the world. Back to an independent nation. One, I'm sorry, one independent nation. And... It, it'll lack God once again, and he'll allow the Antichrist to do this. So then keep going in, into this this article here. It says, God desires the world to be co-habitated, I believe is the word, by numerous independent nations uh, due to these, due to the Tower of Babel and due to the coming of the Antichrist. And when we, when we don't, when we're in one nation, we get caught up in self-worship and we're unchecked and we don't look to God. We, we look to each other, sinful, imperfect people. So I'm going to skip ahead into the third. I'm trying to just get through this stuff real quick to show what this means for us as like today in our modern world. So the, the third Roman numeral in this article is God's design borders and boundaries. And I found this to be very interesting actually because God designed borders and boundaries. The lines that you see on the map are destined and willed by God. It's not just some Lewis and Clark journey where they got bored one day. Like, you know what, let's, let's, go, and, let's go and draw lines. I mean, <laughs> I guess it was sort of like that. I don't know how they got up and maybe their voices weren't that, that, that weird. But it is God's designed for us to have borders and boundaries. And there's proof of that in the Bible. So the Lord scattered, that's, that's in Genesis. Now, if you add Romans 13, one from the new Testament, it says, I'm just going to quote here in this article. So I don't screw this up. Now add Romans 13, one from the new Testament to our theological construction. This passage express, expressly states and reinforces the proposition. God is the author of independent nations. Every person is to be in subjection to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those which exist are established by God. That's Romans 13.1. I'm going to keep reading this. Notice the last part of this passage. Those which exist are established by God. Scripture teaches not only that the Lord scattered people, but in addition, specifically, that he established governments and nations. And Romans talks about that. It, it talks about how... They were, they were cho- our government has been chosen by God to rule our, our nation, America. Same with Mexico, same with Canada, same with Great Britain, same with Germany, France, Spain, all of them. Every single nation that exists today has been destined and willed by, by God, established by God. It was his purpose for that. Now, 
we could get into the argument of Hitler, Saddam Hussein, and many other corrupt leaders, which I'm not going to get into right now because that's a completely different topic of why God wills certain leaders. And you could even say Trump. Sure, go ahead and say Trump. But we don't know why. We just know that he, he allows certain things to happen. And we won't know until the, the full mystery of the gospel has been revealed and his purpose in, in the end. So that's the, that's the third Roman numeral. God designed borders and boundaries and set governments within those, those borders and boundaries. Moving on to Roman numeral four, which I find this to, the last one was very interesting. This one's probably the most interesting. The Bible actually specifically talks about citizens, legal immigrants, and foreigners. And I'm going to get into where this could uh, break down and fall apart, where on where Christians should stand with illegal immigration. But I think for the most part, it, it should help us understand what God's thoughts were on immigration and citizenship of, of a nation. So we see three words in the, in the Hebrew Bible, Ak, Toshab, and Zar. I hope I pronounced those correctly. Ak is countryman or citizen. Toshab is sojourner or a legal immigrant. A legal, not illegal, a legal. And Zar is illegal or a foreigner. Uh, and then I'm going to quote again. The above, it's in this little table. The above are important biblical monikers of distinction that God makes relative to people in a given country. An Israelite citizen is referred to as a countryman in scripture, whereas a legal immigrant is referred to as a sojourner, and a foreigner is called an illegal. Important to the study and evident from the Old Testament is that an illegal did not possess the same benefits or privileges as sojourners or countrymen. I'm going to stop there. Let's look at America today. Do Are illegals treated the same way that legal immigrants and countrymen are treated? Are they, are they treated the same way? And the answer is yes. And it is a bad answer. <laughs> they should not be treated the same way. They should not be treated unjustly, which the Bible, or the Bible, the Bible does get into that. But this article will also get into that on unjust treatment of people. But they don't get the same benefits or privileges in Israel. Okay, this was thousands and thousands of years ago. I mean, this was a long time ago, like a very long time ago. And they were very strict in how you treat illegal immigrants, legal immigrants, and countrymen. There are laws just all over the Old Testament. It's very boring. If you look up the Bible Project, they actually have like a little mini-series on the laws of Israel. And I highly recommend that you, you listen to that because it's very, very good stuff. And it really educated me on what their laws were. And they were interpreted differently. Like, whereas today in America, this is the law. This is the Constitution. This is what is written down. And this is what we're going to abide by. Not this. Not the case with Israel. Kings had the law. They knew the law, but they could interpret it on their own. They could mess around with it. They had a lot of flexibility with it. But with immigration, you you don't treat, you don't get the same benefits if you're an illegal immigrant. So why today in, in our country, a more systematic, a more professional, a more just clean cut government, why, why are illegal immigrants offered more, more benefits than even I'm offered? I mean, 
they get all of this stuff. They get they get free health care. They get welfare. They get checks sent in the mail to them. They they get jobs and stuff. And it, that's about what just wasn't the case in in old time Israel. And as a as a nation, we should be looking back at the Bible and being like, not taking everything obviously because of the cultural context of a lot of things, but. The, like the way that they did their laws and everything, especially on illegal immigration, like why are we not doing the same thing? Now, there is an exception in the Bible, and it's a story. It's the story of Ruth, and how the story of Ruth goes, for those who are not familiar with it, she was a Moabite. She, she lost pretty much everything, and she was on her way to, to Israel. And the Israelites and the Moabites didn't get along very well. I don't know if they were enemies. Um, my knowledge of of the story of Ruth is is very minimal right now, and I really should research it and look back at that story. But what I do know is that she was an illegal immigrant to Israel, and she shouldn't have been. She should have been treated justly as a human being, as somebody who's created in the image of God. But as an immigrant and as an illegal immigrant, she should have been sent away. However, Boaz, the other character in this story showed compassion and was very generous towards her and he actually married her and she gained legal legal status in Israel. And it's a very it's a very cool story and it continues the genealogy of of Jesus and it, like without this story Jesus couldn't have couldn't have happened. But in illegal immigration terms it it, w- it was an exception and, and it really like shouldn't have happened, I guess, is a, is a way to put it. So that, that's the like illegal immigration side of it. They weren't supposed to receive benefits or anything like that. Ruth was an exception. However, Christians don't use that as an argument because that is an anomaly story. And there are anomaly stories and the government can be generous. And she was seeking asylum. And she, she had it. And I am not against asylum seeking. I'm not against being hospitable towards those who are trying to run away from war, violence, or any, anything else in that, in that category. So let's, let's go into how they were to treat sojourners. Now, this part I think is very interesting because I recently, not recently, like a month ago, it's pretty recent, right, guys? A month <laughs> a month ago, I saw a post on Facebook um, from somebody who isn't very well-rounded in the Bible. I'm sorry if that person is, is listening to this. I'm not going to give their name, and I'm going to be vague about the post. But the post was, is actually a, a repost, and it was a quote of Deuteronomy 10.19, which is, Love the sojourners, therefore, for you were sojourners in the land of Egypt. And at like just looking at the face of this and without going into context, without doing any research, it, the answer should be, oh, yeah, you're right. I should totally be be pro-illegal immigration, and we should just allow anybody into our country because I, too, was once an immigrant in America. But we're not looking at this at just the surface level. We have to dive deep, and as we already know from before, a sojourner is not an illegal immigrant. A sojourner is a legal immigrant, Love the legal immigrant, also love the illegal immigrant, but they're not supposed to be in a country, they're criminals. And we're going to get into what, what the government's supposed to do with, with that information, with, with criminals and 
breaking the law. But sojourners are not breaking the law. They're, they're coming to a nation and they're getting full citizenship no matter how long it takes to get full citizenship. And then they get to share in those benefits. It's like a, it's like a reward is what it is. And those who are already countrymen, yeah, I have the, I've had that privilege of citizenship without having to go through any process to attain it um, because they were born within those borders and those boundaries. So this is, this is the, the, the biblical perspective, which is a right perspective on sojourners, foreigners, and countrymen. So let's let's skip ahead a little bit. There's th- I could go into more on this, but I really don't want to bore everybody. I want to get into the the really the really juicy content. You guys remember that watermelon I was talking about at the beginning? Well, we're about to take a big old bite of this watermelon, and we're about to get watermelon juice all over the place. All right, <laughs> the next part <laughs> is the God of Independent Nations differentiates between the, the peoples of a nation. And I'm just going to read. It's just this little little bit. Therefore, governmental leaders today in every nation, to be biblically accurate, should invoke and staunchly maintain legal distinction of statuses between the resident peoples, citizens, immigrants, and foreigners. To remain biblical, these distinctions should never be obliterated. No reformed immigration policy should attempt to eradicate these distinctions. To do so is to posture oneself as more knowledgeable and insightful than God. What does that mean? Y'all may ask, and I asked myself, what does that mean? And then I figured it out within like seconds of finishing that paragraph. We cannot take away the word sojourner, foreigner, and countryman, otherwise known as citizen, legal immigrant, and illegal immigrant, because these are words established by God. Like God notices these things. He's created these things because he created borders. Does that make sense? Because God is the creator of nations and borders, he's also the creator of what and and the the definer of what a citizen and what a legal immigrant and what a illegal immigrant looks like. And the government today is trying to do exactly what this little paragraph says not to do. They are trying to obliterate these words. And they're trying to create everybody as one, but that is not what the Bible, that's not what God intends for us. And so it's sort of like, actually not sort of, it is disobedience to, to God's will because we're, we're trying to posture ourselves as more knowledgeable and insightful than God to have to rename people. But this has been established thousands and thousands of years ago by the divine creator. So let's now jump into Roman numeral number five. God's design, understanding, impartiality, and his image. So this is the part where don't be, don't be impartial towards, towards like sojourners and all that, that stuff. This is where like Deuteronomy and Exodus come in. Those are two verses that I just previously quoted. All people are created in God's image. We see that in Genesis. He created man in his image. And that's, that's his character. And we... Like there's glimpses of God in us, if that makes sense for those who aren't familiar with being created in God's image. God is love, so we have love. God has compassion, and so we can be compassionate toward each other. God desires a relationship. We desire a relationship. I could go on, on how we're created in the image of God. Because we're created in the image of God, that's where we're created equal. That's where equality is. Every man, every woman 
is created in the image of God. That's, that's a fact. And that is an immovable fact. You cannot get around it. You can't redefine it. You can't change it. It is an absolute truth. So why, why in this article are we trying to understand impartiality in his image? Because the argument would be like, well, we're all equal, so we should be treating all people as equal, which means that we should let the, we should let the immigrants from Guatemala and Honduras come, come into America because we were all created in the image of God. And my answer is yes, but no. Yes, we are created in the image of God. I can agree with you on that. But they're crossing the border that that God has established. And God has set a government above us to to keep us safe and to protect our borders. And so even though God has created us, he, he has also created laws to protect us f- from each other, <laughs> even though we're all created in the same image. I, I was created just like Hannibal was, just like Hitler was, just like the Zodiac killer was in the image of God. They did have qualities that, that you can see in God. Now, they are imperfect people. Do not take that and, and twist it. But we are all created in the image of God. So, yes, I am equal with them in the fact that I am a sinner. I was also created in the image of God. And if I don't repent of my sin, then I will be sent for eternity in hell. And they probably are, those, those names that I mentioned. And so I can be Im- impartial, I guess, in a way to them. And I really hope that all of this makes sense. So in, I'm just going to go to this go to this section here and, and, and do my best to pick it apart. Let's start at Leviticus 19.15. You shall do no injustice in judgment. You shall not be partial to the poor, no defer to the great, but you are to judge your neighbor fairly. So just in this verse alone, it's saying you should not do injustice to the poor. Uh, don't don't be partial. Don't defer to the great or the rich, the people who have more. Now, looking at this, obviously, don't be don't be partial towards people. Be just and fair with everyone. But the names are still there. There is still a difference between the poor and the rich. In in just this this verse, God doesn't take away the like the labels or the names and that's actually what this next sentence says underneath the the verse quote in discussing impartiality god does not scrub the aforementioned distinctions of various people in israel impartiality nowhere in scripture negates the aforementioned precepts if one's legal status in a given nation this passage points to the fact that to treat one illegal immigrant who possessed wealth differently from one without money is what is partial. To say that God created everyone in his image does not negate the biblical concepts of, in this case, legal status in the land. To clarify the point, a bank robber, a murderer, and an illegal immigrant are all created in God's image, but that fact does not place them above the law of the land. And that's what I've been trying to get to. We're all created equal, but we're also... If I murder somebody, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm going to life in prison. Or as just recently, I could be placed on capital punishment and die. <laughs> That's another completely different discussion. But the law is still the law. 
And even though we're all created equal, no one is above the law. And an illegal immigrant is not above the law. They're illegal. Illegal means wrong, rule breaker. These are some these are some basic definitions of a basic term that I shouldn't have to define, but I feel like I have to because people don't know. So that's God's first design. Second one, protecting the citizenry. And this one talks about the government and what their job is. And I quote, he intends for the leaders of a nation to protect the citizens of a nation. Note in this regard, Romans 13, 4. For government is a minister of God to you for good. But if you do what is evil, be afraid, for it does not bear the sword for nothing. For it is a minister of God, an avenger who brings wrath, and one who practices on, sorry, not and, on the one who practices evil. That is what our government's job is to do, is to uphold the law that God has set. And we should be afraid of that. Illegal immigrants should be afraid, but they're not. And we can see, because we can see caravans of thousands and thousands of people flooding into our land with children that are treating the children unfairly. Like these are, these are bad people. And the, the government currently is telling us not to be afraid of these people. And that's, that's wrong. Like the government is not the Democrats, I should say, are not keeping America safe as God has intended. Like this is all biblical. And as Christians, we shouldn't, we shouldn't be debating this. I mean, I, it baffles me. It really does that, like, this is so clearly stated right here. Like, it couldn't be stated any better than by Paul himself. But for some reason, it's still really hard for our government to keep keep us safe. Now, I know they're imperfect people, but if if everyone, the, the, the fact is, is everyone, if everyone was a Christian and followed the Bible, life would be a little bit easier. It wouldn't be perfect, but it'd be easier to get around and to be able to agree and disagree on certain things. But not everyone does read the Bible and people abuse their power in the government. And they're not in the government for the people. They're in the government for themselves to make money or to gain reputation. And they're not doing God's design, protecting the citizenry. And so, like, it is stated, it it is, like, implied in the Bible that the government is supposed to protect us from illegal immigrants, especially since many of them are smugglers, murderers, rapists, people who are, are stealing our jobs. Like, okay, this is a big deal. You can say like, oh, it really isn't, you know, that big of a deal. Like they're taking jobs that Americans don't already, you know, Americans don't want these jobs or they're, they're helping the economy. Sure. Big whoop. They're not legal. They are breaking the law. Okay. Look at me right now. Okay. I work a job. I pay my taxes. 27% of my income goes to the state and the fed and to Medicare and to social security and probably, probably some of it to the city as well. I help our economy. I have a very, 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 very small part in helping our economy, but I do. And I am a, a citizen who practices my, my civil responsibilities and my duties. I vote for our, the, our people in office. 
and I and I keep up with the the people in the office and keep them accountable. I watch I watch the news. I follow the laws. I drive the speed limit. Some days I don't do I don't do drugs. I don't murder or anything like that. But the moment I commit a sin or break a law, it doesn't matter what I'm doing to help the economy. I broke the law. I'm I'm in jail. Or I'm being fined. Okay, these people might be helping our nation, but they they broke a law the moment they took foot in in Texas or California. And so it just doesn't it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense when you really look at it. It's it's really illogical. Okay, I have used up so much time, and it it's probably getting close to I don't even know an hour hour and a half. So we're gonna zoom 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 through this stuff. I promise juicy content. Hopefully it's hopefully it's juicy enough. Hopefully you're just standing in a puddle of watermelon juice. <laughs> That's so weird. There was one part of this article that I really did want to get into. Oh, here's here's a part. God's design restrictionist, not racist. God is not racist. And these borders don't create, I mean, we create racism, but God establishing these borders didn't create racism. It's restrictionalism, if that's even a word, preventing illegal immigration. It, it's, it stems from biblical motives of ensuring the general welfare of the nation. It's biblical to ensure that. It, like, it's been established by God. And so it's restrictionist, not racist. We will let anybody into our country. You can be, you can be black, white, Asian, Latino, gay, straight, bi, male, female, Jew, Christian, Muslim, Buddhist. You could, you could be off of some completely like inhabited island. You, you only like, you're the only person who speaks whatever language that you created and you have your very own culture, population, you, and you come to America, we'll take you in as long as you do it properly. It's restrictionist, not racist. Our, our laws are. And so I just want to touch on that real quick. So I hope that all of this stuff has been educational. There's much more to this. And it'd be, it'd be really cool to like have a group discussion about this stuff and to get people together and, and, and record it. That'd be really dope. But for now, I'm just going to do what I just did to today and just talk about these things. What does this mean for us? Like, what does this mean for me? When I'm when I hit the the record button once again and it stops recording and I post this, what am I gonna do? Honestly, probably nothing. <laughs> but I should do I should do something, right? Like, what should I what should I do with with all of this information as a Christian, as a believer, and knowing that my government is not supporting like the law that God has set down. What should I do? Well, the first and most practical thing that you can do is pray. Pray for our government. Pray for our leaders. People don't do that. I don't do that. I don't do it well. I've done it and I've done it for like a few weeks at a time and then I stopped for like three years. (laughs) And then I'll do it for a few weeks at a time and then I'll stop for like another two years. But our government really does need prayer and it needs the support of our Christians. But our Christian the Christians of this nation are also divided. And we should not be divided on on these issues. We should be to, 
together and we should pray for our government when we're in our small groups, community groups, Bible studies, like make an effort to pray for our leaders. You can also talk to your leaders. Did you know that? I mean, I've never done it, but you can, you can send them mail. You can send them emails. Heck, if you're really bold, you could just show up on their, on their doorstep to the courthouse or wherever their office is and, and try to talk to them in person with social media, support them on social media as long as they're being ethical. There, there, there are many ways to, to, the checks and balances aren't just within those three branches. There's a fourth branch and it's the people. We also are supposed to be keeping our government accountable and we don't do that. Instead, we just go on social media and we rant about this stuff and, and then we just let it slide. Oh, I can't believe this is happening. Trump is such a, such a bigoted racist He's he's a he's a white male who who hates every literally everything that's not him. And okay, what a where's your proof? B, what are you gonna do about it? And C, what do you want me to do about it? And that's the that's the case with illegal immigration as Christians. What is your proof of whether or not illegal immigration is right or wrong? What are you gonna do about it? And what do you want me to do about it? Well, I just gave you proof on why illegal immigration is wrong. And what I'm going to do about it is I'm going to continue to pray for our leaders. And I've even thought about like trying to take a trip down. I mean, my family now lives in Texas. It'd be really cool to just go visit the border. I don't know if citizens are able to do that kind of stuff, but like, it'd be cool to just see what's going on and to see like what I can do to help. I mean, there was, uh, recently like, uh, a charity, I think. And I can't remember what it was called, but since Congress won't fund the wall, people in Texas are getting so fed up that they're doing it themselves. Now that's doing something, (laughs) whether whether you're, you know, a Christian or not, I think we can learn a lesson from them. Like if you want something done, you are entitled to get it done. This is America. This is a democracy. Let's make it a democracy. Let's stop giving all the power to the leaders. And if you, if you have the capability to do something and it doesn't break any laws, by all means, go for it. They're not breaking any laws. They can they can build a wall as, as long as, you know, like the local government lets them, like, hey, I want to build this in your city. Okay, cool. And then, what, and then what do you want others to do about it? Well, try to get people on board with you. Me personally, I'm just going to let you guys, like, well, I'm going to encourage you guys to just pray for, pray for our government and do more research first. Obviously, don't take everything from me um, because as much as I think I'm right, I could be wrong in, in some aspects and so could this article. Do do more research and figure out what you can do to, to keep our government accountable because our government is established by God and we are to... The, our government is job is to serve us but not serve us in a way of like where we're dependent on it. They're to protect us. That's like literally their only thing. And that's actually one of the things in this article. Um, I'm trying, I'm trying to see here where, where, where it says what I literally just said, but the, the government is not to give a, like, honestly, this is my opinion. The government is not entitled to give us welfare 
or to give us free health care or to give us any of those types of benefits like at all. That's not the way that God intended them to be. He intended them to keep us like to keep us safe, to uphold the law. If you want, if you want help, if you, if you have like financial issues, this article literally says like, that's what marriage, family and church is for. It is not the institution of our civil government. Now that is like a big opinion drop, like bomb. But I have to agree with it. And you can disagree with me. I've used up a lot of my, a lot of my time, a lot of your time. I'm going to end this here really abruptly. I hope that you really enjoyed that really juicy watermelon that I offered you. And if you didn't like the watermelon, well, let me know if you didn't like the watermelon. I'll try to get you another really juicy watermelon. It tends to be like the red ones, like the really red ones, not like the light red ones, but like the really dark red ones. You know, you guys know what I'm talking about. Well, if you got a, a light watermelon, light red watermelon today, let me know. And I'll try to get you a, a better one, a more ripe one in the, in the future. And if you disagreed with the juiciness of my watermelon, also let me know. If you enjoyed the juiciness of my watermelon, also let me know because that means a lot. I mean, I love, I love criticism, but if, you, if you're just going to criticize me and not encourage me, I mean, that's, that's kind of depressing and sad <laughs> to, be, to be fairly um, honest. So thank you all for listening to episode six of Resurgence, and I will see you guys the next time that I see you guys. Bye.